Every month, we offer exciting new webinars for our community. Topics include how to use retirement accounts to buy real estate overseas, how to get a second passport in Latin America, why you should sell your stock portfolio and move your money offshore, how to buy beachfront rental properties in Brazil for less than $100,000, or apartments in Paraguay for less than $60,000. If you want to join us for free for these presentations with live Q&A, insider secrets, and exclusive opportunities with my professional network of experts, then go to expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. That's expatmoney.com forward slash webinars to register for free upcoming presentations. expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. We all dream of seeing the world, but the realities of living somewhere outside your place of birth can be daunting to say the least. Welcome to the Expat Money Show, helping you make the most out of your overseas career through conversations with successful expats on investing, entrepreneurship, self-improvement, and continual education, all while sharpening your financial acumen. Now, please welcome your host with over 20 years of overseas experience, Mikkel Thorup. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Mikkel Thorpe, and this is the Expat Money Show. Today, what I want to do is talk to you guys about my recent trip to Paraguay. Now, Paraguay is a new country for me. I had never been there before. I am trying to tick off all of the countries in Central and South America. Actually, I guess Central America, I did all of those over 20 years ago, but there are still some South American countries that are on my bucket list. My goal is actually to go to every country in the world. And and what I do, I call affectionately the hub and spoke model. So I use a hub destination and from there I travel outwards. So that's really what I'm doing with Panama. Every couple of months or every I don't know, a couple of weeks in some points, I'm traveling out from Panama and I'm visiting nearby countries. Now, Paraguay is not that near. It's probably still about six hours flight direct from Panama to Asuncion or from, in this case, from Asuncion back to Panama. So what happened was after we had finished our Uruguay trip, you guys probably watched the new video on Uruguay of the tour that I did with all of my private clients, which was awesome, which was super, super excellent. After the tour, Susan and I flew from Uruguay, from Montevideo to Asuncion in Paraguay. It was a very quick flight, maybe an hour and a half, two hours or something like that. Probably an hour and a half, I want to guess. And we got off the airplane. It it is so hot in Asuncion. I couldn't believe it. We had been wearing like winter coats in Uruguay, I guess because we're right on the water. We're right on the ocean and you get maybe those colder breezes from Antarctica or I'm not sure what it is. But once we got up to Asuncion, it was ridiculously hot. I was I was not prepared for it at all. Maybe I should have done a little bit more homework on it. But that's okay. We got picked up by my friend's Thorsten's team. So he had his driver and his videographer come and pick us up. Now, Thorsten is a, is a very good friend of mine. He works in the German language space, kind of doing similar things to what I do. And he set up this tour for us. So he had his people picking us up there. And we drove for about three hours from Ascension out to Velarica. Now, this was a little bit of a surprise because I thought we were just going back to the hotel. So we were not ready. We were not dressed for it at all. But that's okay. We had got in at a pretty decent time and we drove up to Villarica. 
And when we got to the hotel we were supposed to stay at, they only had one room for us. So we kind of like we're arguing back and forth with them and we're trying to figure out what's going on because I guess there's a huge, huge event going on at Villarica right now. So a lot of the hotels are full and we weren't sure who our reservation was made under because it was actually covered for us. So we were checking my name. We were checking Susan's name from my team who was helping to run my Uruguay trip for me. We were checking under different companies' names and Thorsten's company name and all of these different things. But we only had one room. So I sat there at the restaurant and had a really big steak while we were trying to figure this out. It was pretty funny, actually. I ordered a cowboy steak to myself. This is probably about ooh, about two kilos, I would say, of meat. And I had that for lunch. Forget all the potatoes and vegetables and salad and everything like that. Never mind. I'm in Latin America. I'm going to have a massive steak for my lunch. I think they usually share this probably between a family. But oh well. It was really, really good. I was pretty stoked about it. Anyways, we finally figured out that they really did only have one hotel. So we got moved to another hotel where they had two separate rooms for us. And so that took a little bit of going back and forth, but that's all right. After that, we went out to go see a forest plantation, a, a timber plantation. And it's pretty interesting. They actually won a Guinness Book of World Records, and we went to their celebration for winning this. So this, this all happened on the day that we were there. So I guess they won for the world's largest natural logo. So I'm not sure the exact dimensions, but it was like a couple of kilometers by, I think it was like a kilometer by a half a kilometer, I want to say, or maybe it was two kilometers by one kilometer. Anyways, it was massive. We actually got to drive through it and then there was drones. The videographer had his own drone, so we got to see that and they had a big live screen television and then they were doing it and they had the people from Guinness Book of World Records there actually measuring it and checking all the statistics and doing all of these types of things. So that was super interesting. It was my first Guinness Book of World Records that I had ever attended. So that night we actually went to a huge party at someone's estancion, basically a giant ranch or giant farm. And we had a huge barbecue there to celebrate the Guinness Book of World Records. And there were speeches and there was the press there and everything like that. And since my friend Thorsten had a lot to do with this project, he actually got an award while we were there. And we were sat up on the main stage with him. And uh, they had live music and open bar. And the barbecue was probably one of the largest barbecues I've ever seen in my life, which was ridiculous. I'm going to see if I can put out some of the video from this on our Instagram or maybe on YouTube or something. I'm not sure. But it was good fun and, and we had a good day. So that was our first day. That was all on Saturday. Sunday, the next day, we went on a tour of the timber plantations themselves. And we got to see where they mill it. We got to see all the equipment. We drove through the plantation. And we literally just, we drove and drove and drove. It was just hectares upon hectares upon hectares of these timber plantations. Like all along the highway, you see the different types of eucalyptus. So this is all fast-growing eucalyptus. And they use it for furniture, for building materials. They even burn it for cooking. And they're even going to be using it for making plywood because they can actually charge considerably more per cubic meter for plywood than they can for just raw wood or for the wood pellets. Actually, it's not wood pellets, it wood chips, and they use it for the burning. But yeah, it's all fast-growing eucalyptus. I'm pretty accustomed to this type of wood. We, we do a lot of it with our projects in Colombia, also being down in Uruguay multiple times. I've got to see a lot of the plantations. A lot of Central American stuff, we do more hardwoods, but I'm involved in a bunch of projects in South America, which are the 
these types of eucalyptus, some pine, other types of trees as well. I've had a lot to do with timber for probably the last seven or eight years. It's a business model that I really, really like, and I think you guys have probably heard me talk about it many, many times, and we own some timberland ourselves. After doing this tour, which probably took us about four or five hours to go through, we had lunch with the owner and we went through everything, discussed a lot of the details, try to understand the economics and the business and the size and the scale and the prices and how they view things in Paraguay opposed to some of the other countries that I'm working in. After that, we drove for about two hours and I went to a large gated community in the middle of nowhere. So this was mostly German-speaking community. It's mostly like Austrians, Swiss, Germans, etc., etc. And we had a special invitation to go there. And we actually had to be interviewed in advance. We had to send our passport copies in advance. They do basically a name check or a world check on us. They run our names through all these databases to make sure that we're not criminals or anyone nefarious. And of course, we didn't have any problems with that. But it's kind of interesting that just to go and visit this community, you have to go through all of these types of things. Now, this place is really in the middle of nowhere. It's it's really, really out there. But we got to meet the founders of the development and we got to take a tour of it. The place is massive. Like it's absolutely insanely large. We only saw a small portion of it, even though we were there for the whole afternoon going through it. And they had vegetable gardens and they had sheep and they used to have cattle, but I think they got rid of the majority of the cattle there. We got to go see a 3D printer that they use for building the walls, for putting up homes. We got to view some of the properties. It was quite interesting. And they're really aiming at being a fully self-sufficient community. So if you're in the German market, I think it might make sense for you if you're in the American or or if you don't speak German, I'm not sure if this is a good fit for you because it really did seem like a mostly German group of people who were there. After that, we continued our drive to Encarnacion. You guys are going to have to excuse me on my pronunciation for these cities in Paraguay. They're not the typical names of cities in Latin America. They're quite different. So I'm still trying to get my, my tongue around the pronunciation of some of these. But basically, it's another city. It's a couple hours drive away from where we are. And we got to go meet my friend and Thorsten's group of Germans for dinner and they were touring Paraguay. We got to meet some really nice people. We had a buffet, sat and had some good conversations. Now, next day, Monday, we watched a presentation in German on a retirement community that is being built in the city on the river. Now, my German is not fantastic by any stretch of the imagination, so I had a bit of difficulty following along, but the slides were very good, so I got to understand. And I, I was already a little bit familiar from the dinner the previous night, kind of going through everything. After that, we took a tour out there to take a look around and go and see the building site. They're dividing the lots right now, and we get to really see where everything will be planned out. It's interesting about the river because they actually mentioned to us the color of the river was really, really red. But I guess normally it's a crystal clear blue, but because it had been raining really heavily, a lot of the clay had come in and really makes it look this dark brown or almost reddish type of color, which was not so pretty. But they said normally it is absolutely gorgeous. So I'd love to go back and see that another time when it is not raining and hopefully not 40, 41 degrees either because this was really, really hot for me. After that, we headed back to the hotel for our pickup. Now, this is pretty interesting or pretty funny, I should say, because we actually spoke to the driver in advance and we had one of the Paraguayan people who was helping us set up this tour talk to the driver and they said, do you accept credit card? Do you have a machine or like a, an FPOS type of machine for credit card? Yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem, no problem. Like, okay, great. So we get there and I go to pay him because I'd rather pay in advance. And he's like, yeah, I don't have it. I'm like, 
but we negotiated. We said you were going to have this machine. I said, nope, don't have it. And so we just kind of sat there for like 20 minutes. And I'm like, okay, I've got dollars, Estados Unidos. I've, I've got American dollars, but I have 20s. And he's like, nope, has to be 100s. So usually we, we don't like to bring in 100s because most countries you go to, they won't take huge bills. Like, I mean, at the money changer, they will. But say on the street or if you need to pay for something, then usually 20s are the best. But I guess they've just changed the laws and it's very, very hard for even the money changers to exchange 20s. So all they want are brand new $100 bills straight from the bank, never in circulation, not a crease on them or anything like that. And because we had just done this trip to Uruguay, we ended up, I think we brought in, I don't know, a lot in cash to pay for a lot of the transport. We were running low on all of the 100s. We didn't have any more. We only had these 20s. And no one, not even the money changer, would accept them in Paraguay. And the cards weren't working. There was just basically a whole bunch of drama with this type of, with the cash. And because we had prepaid the majority of the things and all of our hotels and everything like that, it wasn't a big deal. We really didn't need. But I probably had about $4,000 in 20s, like these giant gangster rolls of 20s and nobody will accept them in Paraguay. And so I'm like super frustrated because this has always worked fine for me. And I always have redundancies and backups on backups on backups and multiple credit cards and MasterCards and visas and everything like that. But Paraguay just wouldn't accept anything. So, okay, so we sat there for probably about 20 minutes. We're calling around trying to see, okay, can we pay at the hotel with our visa? And they give him cash, no. And then we finally figure out, all right, the guy that we're going to go meet that night, he paid for the driver and then we paid him when we got to his place in Ciudad del Este. So we finally got on the road and drove for a couple of hours to Ciudad del Este and we stayed at the Wyndham Hotel. And actually, I didn't realize it, but the gentleman that we were going to meet that day, it's actually his hotel. His family is the one that built it and they actually are the owners and they lease it or they rent it out to the Wyndham Hotel. And it was the nicest hotel that we had stayed in while we were in Paraguay, in the whole country. And it was the best internet there and actually Ciudad del Este was probably the nicest city that I saw while I was there also. So it was super interesting. Now, we met this guy, Fernando. He actually took the elevator down while we're sitting in the lobby. And since I didn't know it was his hotel, I was kind of surprised. I'm like, you're staying here? Like, I didn't understand. So he explained, yes, he's got one suite here that he uses while he's staying in Ciudad del Este because he actually lives in Spain. His, his wife and his kids are in Spain. His kids go to school there and he commutes back and forth. And I guess there's actually direct flights from Ascension all the way to Madrid, where his family is. So he came down and we went out for an excellent, excellent dinner, walking distance to the hotel. And we we went to this steakhouse and we had ojo de bife, which is a ribeye. And it was one of the best steaks I've ever had in my life. I was super stoked. This was an amazing piece of meat. Really, really good. We also had a cowboy steak, which was quite nice, but not as nice as the hotel I had stayed at before. And it just, it was really good, but just not as good as the other one. But this Ojo de Bife was insane. I absolutely love steak. So I was really stoked about this. So we had a couple of drinks with him and chatted all night. Excellent, excellent guy. I'm, I'm going to try to introduce everyone to Fernando because he's such a cool guy. I really got along well with him. You know when you meet someone and within like 30 seconds, you're like, 
this guy could be like one of my best friends. This was Fernando. I thought he was just absolutely excellent. So the next morning, Tuesday morning, we went and watched a presentation with Fernando on the real estate projects that he's doing in Ciudad del Este. We actually had a boardroom there. So we went in for a couple of hours after our breakfast, went through everything, watched a presentation, asked a ton of questions, and it was awesome. I'm super impressed with this area because you can really see the economies of scale and being in the path of progress. So really the growth and all all of the money that the government is putting in there. We learned about the hydroelectric dam that's been put in that's shared with Brazil and all the electricity. One of the best things actually about Paraguay in general is their electrification of the country and this new dam. So basically, they split the dam 50-50 with Brazil, but then of their 50%, they're still selling about 80% of that electricity back to Brazil. So it's a huge money maker for them. Now, they're not charging Brazil like a huge amount of money for for it, but that's okay. The cost of the electricity for the Paraguayans is really, really, really low. So a lot of Bitcoin mining companies are actually set up in these areas, which is really interesting. And I've actually known about this and I've known people who do this for, I don't know, maybe not a decade, but many, many years for Bitcoin mining. It was kind of Iceland, some Eastern European countries and Paraguay are the real hotspots for doing Bitcoin mining. After the presentations, we went and viewed the projects. It was raining pretty heavy, but we got to walk some of the projects, see the already built ones, and then look at the new site where he's going to be doing a new apartment complex. Then we went out for lunch, more steak, which I was very, very happy with, another really great place. And then he was actually flying into Ascension, so we flew with him. It was commercial, not, not private or anything like that, but he booked some flights for us really, really close by, and it was a a very short flight. I mean, I think maybe 40 minutes or something like that. And we flew back to Ascension and then I got to have a night off, which was excellent because I was super exhausted. I think I actually fell asleep on this 40 minute flight. We were supposed to talk business the whole time. And I think I just absolutely crashed. When I got back into the hotel, I just took the night off and answered some emails because it was just go, go, go for days and days and days straight. Now, Wednesday morning, I got to go and meet another gentleman. He's from Austria. His name is Marcus, and we went and saw his building. It was another one of those situations where I really didn't know what I was going into because everything was set up with my friend Thorsten, who's been doing business in Paraguay for something like 13 years. So this was his trusted network of people, and he's already done a ton of due diligence on them. So he introduced me to everybody and got me in the door, and I was just basically viewing deal after deal after deal after deal. So we were back in the capital, and we went and saw Marcus, and we went into his building and went up to his office, which was really, really gorgeous place. It was the really rich area of Ascension. And we got up there and met him. And he was also a really good guy. The, between Marcus and Fernando, these guys were just absolutely top-notch, super down-to-earth, really just amazing human beings. So I was super thrilled to meet both of them. We watched a presentation on a land banking play that's happening in Ascension. So basically what happened is they've had this bridge that goes across the river to another piece of Paraguay, which is not developed. And then on the other side of this, this area is Argentina. Now, most people in Paraguay actually thought as soon as you cross the bridge, it is Argentina. So not much development was done there at all. And because they were kind of looking at security reasons, the bridge was maybe an hour and a half, about an hour and a half drive outside of Ascension if you wanted to get to the other side. But eventually the government decided to do a bridge from right downtown across. And so he was buying up land, you know, over the last decade or so across on the other side, waiting for this 
bridge to be built. And it is being built. It's actually being built right now, and it's going to be delivered. It's, the, the bridge has already been connected. They're just waiting for it to actually be active. And now they're planning on doing a third bridge. So it's basically you can go from downtown across the bridge, and in 10 minutes you'll be there, where normally it would take you 90 minutes to two hours if there's traffic. So we're going to see huge economic play in this area. And if they do the third bridge, which will be even further down, then that area will come up as well. So they've been doing this large land banking property and buying up land for a decade on this. So he gave us a full presentation, explained everything. We looked at all of the progress and everything like that. Then we took a tour of his building. After we went through this presentation, we took a tour of his building. We got to see his hotel. We went down for lunch. We had a really great lunch. Then we drove out to see the project, which was probably, because we didn't hit traffic, it was probably about 90 minutes away and got to talk the entire time about everything and really learned about what's going on there. Then we got to go and see the bridge. This thing is really impressive. You know, I'm not an engineer by any means, but you can definitely see the work that went into this, a modern bridge being put up. After that, we went to one of his properties and it's quite funny. He built a, a tower, okay? It's 11 stories up and he's got an elevator there. And when you go up and you see the area and it's just basically green everywhere on this side of the river and on the other side is downtown, you can really see where the money is going to be headed there. So hopefully we'll be doing some work on this. I've got more due diligence to do on this project. I want to understand it a little bit more before I bring it to everybody. But I definitely think between this and the project that's going on in Ciudad del Este, that there's going to be a lot there. But don't pull the trigger on anything right now, guys. Just be aware that there's going to be some cool stuff going on in Paraguay. Before I fully sign off on it, I really want to look at the balance sheets. I want to understand more about the projects. I want to understand more about the economics of everything before I really put it in front of my investors, okay? So I'm pretty bullish on a lot of these types of things, but don't pull the trigger quite yet. So after we did these tours and we went and saw all of the projects, we headed back to the hotel to freshen up for a little bit and I had a chance to answer some emails because I was super, super behind in my private consulting work with all of my clients. But I got to catch up on that for a few hours and then we went and saw another one of their buildings. We basically went for sunset cocktails. We got to see one of their buildings and because it's their building, they had the keys to go to the rooftop when they put a helipad on the top of it. Now, I am not someone who is afraid of heights, but when you're, I don't know how high up, you know, on the top of, let's, let's say 30 stories up or something like that on a helipad with no railings and the wind is blowing and it's just like, and oh, I, I felt a little bit queasy up there. I felt a little bit nervous, this vertigo feeling. But so we went up there, we took some pictures, got to see an amazing sunset and a view up there, which was pretty neat. And then we definitely got down as fast as we could. Even um, one of the guys that we were with, he couldn't even come and stand up. I, I can't even describe it to you. I'll, once again, I'll have to put up the pictures from this. But it's pretty cool to go visit something that no one else gets to see. After that, we went for Tarasco-style dinner, more steak, super happy. Mikel, very, very cool. Then on Thursday morning, we got another private driver and we drove out to another gated community and met with the owner and learned about a project he's developing out there. It's really a village concept and it really is quite cool. He's doing actually three or four different projects in that region. So we probably drove for, I don't know, about an hour, hour and a half out there and we got to go and view all of these different projects. It was just one after the other, after the other, after the other. And each one is in different development, different phases. He was another German. You're 
you're definitely going to notice a theme here. Another German who's been there, but he, I think he came out maybe 30 years ago or something like that. So we got to hang out with him and see the place. Then we had lunch with my friend Thorsten, who is actually having a home built there, and got to speak with him and have a couple cups of coffee and kind of review how the week went. After lunch, we met with my friend Robert, who I've been working with for probably about five years, I would guess, on Paraguay. He does immigration for some of my clients. We've not had a lot of my clients go down to Paraguay, but whenever I have questions about the immigration, I always work with him. So he actually is doing some land banking projects as well. So we went and viewed those ones. And then we went back to the hotel and I actually skipped dinner that night because I had eaten so much steak that week that I just wanted to do nothing, just sleep. And I just worked and then slept early. And that was really good. <laughs> that was really fantastic. On Friday morning, Susan and I walked around Ascension, and then I worked all day. It was a pretty relaxed day, just kind of took in a bit of the city, tried to understand a little bit about what was going on. Since it was still so hot, I was a little bit tired. We didn't do too much, and we actually had a 4 a.m. pickup to fly back to Panama. So that is my week in Paraguay. It was pretty nonstop go, 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 but oh my God, I learned so much about the country. We took so much video and pictures, tons and tons of notes, got to meet tons of people. We viewed, I don't even know, maybe 15, 20 real estate projects and timber projects. We got to learn about the different cities, met lots of good people. We actually have some of the people flying in to come and visit me here in Panama. Actually, tomorrow, as I am recording this, tomorrow, Marcus is flying into Panama, so I've got dinner with him scheduled. And then hopefully, Fernando, I've got a call with him this week. So we're going back and forth. So this is happening. A lot of the work will be going forwards with Paraguay. So you guys will be able to see what's going on on that. Make sure you guys subscribe to the newsletter at expatmoney.com because that's where a lot of the information will be coming out. Now, let's talk a little bit about my overall perspective of Paraguay or my overall thoughts of Paraguay. And I totally reserve the right to revise these over the years as I learn things. But my first impression is that Paraguay is a poor country, okay? I want you guys to understand that. This is a developing country. This is not the same as Uruguay whatsoever. I would describe Uruguay as a first world country. Paraguay is definitely a third world country, it is developing. I know that's probably not a flattering term, third world, but it's true. You know, the people there are lovely. We got to meet lots and lots of people there. I think it is a really up and coming place, but I described it to some of my clients as if you guys want to rebuild society from scratch, then Paraguay is where to do it. It is a small landlocked country in the middle of South America. It is super hot there in the summertime. They have done this massive electrification program there, which I'm really, really bullish on. They've put in new highways, but that is pretty much the extent of their infrastructure there. Now, in downtown Ascension, there is a very beautiful neighborhood there, but it's not very big. Also, in Ciudad del Este, you can see that this is going to be a growing area, and you can see where this will go in 5, 10, 20, 30 years, but it's not there yet. And that's okay, because what I am looking for is large economic trends, large economic levers that are going to move the country forwards. I want to be in now with a longer time horizon, understanding that in 10 years, my investment is going to have outsized 
potential. The nice thing about Paraguay is that we are there right now. A lot of the heavy lifting has done. We're right at the precipice. I would say between now and the next couple of years, this is the time to get in. I think if you guys got in 5, 10, 20 years ago, I think you guys were a little bit too early. I think Paraguay is the perfect time. I would say some of the other places that I've been in the world recently, like I did an episode on Georgia in the Caucasus where we visited earlier this year. I would say you're too late there. I think you needed to be there 10 or 20 years ago to really maximize things. I think Paraguay is an excellent time right now. The other cool thing about Paraguay is the price points. You can get in Paraguay at a really low, low price. Like we were viewing some properties that anywhere else would be in the three, $400,000 range. And these were maybe in the 70 or $80,000 price point range. And so we can get solid rental properties with outsized returns there. So this is going to be really, really good. Now the people, I thought the people were super, super nice. I would say they're really down to earth. A lot of farmers that are there, they're really nice people, very salt of the earth. I also spoke to a lot of the expats there and they said that there's really no hostility between the locals and the expats, which is something I'm always super interested in. You don't want to be in a place like, say, Portugal or what's happening in Portugal right now, where they just hate the expats because they blame all the expats for driving up the price of real estate, which I would say is not really correct, at least not on, from the golden visas. I think that there's a lot of other economic trends that are that are changing things, but the government uses expats as scapegoats in a lot of these countries. In Paraguay, there's none of that feeling. They're very happy for foreign direct investment and lots of money coming into the country, which is what you want to see in this place for sure. Next, will I be selling everything and moving to Paraguay? No, I will not. I am still very happy in Panama. I love Panama. I actually just bought another property here in Panama. I haven't even had a chance to tell you guys about, but I'm super bullish on Panama. I think Paraguay makes a lot of sense for a plan B. I think it makes a ton of sense for investments and getting in the path of progress. Or if you really just want to move somewhere and just leave the rest of the world behind, then I think Paraguay will work very, very well. But I still love my home here in Panama, but I will start to do some work in Paraguay as well. So that's it. I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. I hope this has been educational. Make sure you subscribe to the newsletter at expatmoney.com. I'm going to be putting out some new content about Paraguay and getting you guys up to speed. I'll let you guys know what I find about my due diligence, and I'm going to be putting together some special opportunities for my clients. That's it. Have a wonderful week. I will see you next Wednesday, 6 a.m. Have a great one. Talk to you soon. Bye. This episode may be over, but your journey to greatness continues by visiting our webpage and signing up for our newsletter. For convenient access to new episodes, show notes, and other crucial resources, visit expatmoneyshow.com. We look forward to you joining us on the next episode of the Expat Money Show. Safe travels. I have managed to secure exclusive rights to a block of villas in one of the hottest up-and-coming regions in my current home country, Panama. Join me Saturday, May 4th at 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern Time for our special presentation called Investors Workshop, capitalizing on the globally recognized resort brand coming to Panama. We will discuss how the tourism landscape in this region will change rapidly upon the public announcement of this project and how I have secured the rights for my clients to 
capitalize on this opportunity before anyone else. Thanks to my connections in the region, I have negotiated pricing that front runs everyone else. Think early, early bird pricing. From gourmet restaurants to vibrant clubs, poolside activities, and even live bands, this resort is going to pump some serious life into the region. But this isn't what excites me or what should excite you either. The exciting part is that these world-class amenities and top brand will attract tens of thousands of tourists. Tourists who will fork over top dollar to stay at our investment properties. Register free at expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. That's expatmoney.com forward slash webinars to register for this free real estate workshop. See you on May 4th at 10 a.m. Central Time. That's 11 a.m. Eastern time, go to expatmoney.com forward slash webinar.